0: Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and my 4th year anniversary podcast special. Tonight I'm digging into the cult classic 1984 movie that is Ghostbusters. I first saw this back in 1988 as I was getting babysat by my older brother. After that he stuck on uh, Star Trek 3. Hmm. The only thing that I found slightly scary back then was the arms that grab Dana, dragging her into the kitchen. I have also saw this about four times in the cinema. At least four times I've also seen it um, in a double pack with Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2. Originally, this was supposed to be a vehicle for Ackroyd and Belushi, as a follow-up to the Bruce Brothers. But sadly he died, so years later this was made into... Ghostbusters and he was allegedly supposed to be Slimer. Moving on. The story goes that Ivan Reichman walked into Columbia Pictures to sell this idea and pulled a ridiculously high figure off the top of his head thinking he'd be shot down but he was given the green light and now we have a multi-million dollar franchise. With its $30 million budget, this thing pulled in $300 million. This does not include the multiple times it has been re-released, and the DVD sale, VHS sale, Betamax sale, and all the bloody merchandise sale. So let's just dive into this, shall we? Starring Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, and William Atherton, directed by Ivan Reichman. The plot, three former parapsychology students set up a ghost hunting business in New York City after a spite of ghost sightings are reported. At first people think they're a joke, slowly however as more and more ghosts are caught they become more and more famous. Meanwhile cello player Dana Barrett is having problems with a ghost dog in her fridge and her geeky neighbor who are both then possessed by ghost spirit dogs or demon dogs. These are servants even of the demigod Zul. Can these four men stop the demigods from destroying the world or will the 150-foot Marshmallow Man stop them? I find out here. So, the outside of the library is the New York Public Library, but to the inside is the basement of the Los Angeles Public Library. The floating books are on strings as most of these effects are done in camera, such as the name cards flinging out of the card holder. It is done by blowing them out using a copper tubing. And cue the first time we hear the Ghostbusters song by Ray Parker Jr. As my brother had this really cool glow-in-the-dark vinyl back in the 80s. He promised it to me but he lost it while moving and I was fucking furious. Then we have our introduction to Dr. Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, who is your atypical 80s asshole, but I don't like anything he's in after the 80s, because he's just a complete dredge of an actor, and he's such a complete fucking diva. This is why we'd never had Ghostbusters 3 until 3 years ago with that god-awful fucking feminist power fucking Ghostbusters crap. In this, he's playing a skeezy self-serving arsehole. Go figure hitting on some blonde student while well, shocking some 80s stoner student because this is supposed to be funny with the whole psychic power test blah 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 which is supposed to be a real CIA test, utter shit Next introduction is Dr Ray Stantz played by Dan Aykroyd who is playing an overexcited a bookworm geek who is all in this ghost hunting stuff and note, in real life Dan Aykroyd is a big time paranormal and UFO nut he believes in everything from Bigfoot to psychic powers, etc., etc., etc. I mean, go and listen to the Joe Rogan experience with him on it. He claims to have owned a fucking farmhouse that was so haunted no one would spend the night in it. Also, he owned Mama Cassie's house, which is haunted, as he slept next to a ghost one dark and stormy night. At the library, doing a baseline experiment, is the third Ghostbuster, Dr. Egon Spengler, played by the late Harold Ramis, who, along with Aykroyd, added all the ghost stuff. Seems to another paranormal nut then. Ah yes, the infamous PK-meter, which is also in They Live, and a few other movies I can't remember if I have already well heard. Apparently, uh, he's the working can actually get this thing to work right, with <laughs> three buttons and such. Moving on, the Ghost Librarian is toned down as the original Ghost was, quote, too scary for the test audiences, so it was later used in Fright Night as the vampire bat Jerry turned into at the end. On to the notorious Ghostbusters HQ, which is the hook, hook and lather number 8 in New York City. As the, as the outside, that is the inside, is another firehouse. In Los Angeles, also used in The Mask. On to our introduction to Dana Barrett, played by Sigourney Weaver. She plays a celloist for the Philharmonic and New York Orchestra, whose home just to have us be quote unquote Spook Central, which is actually 55 Central Park West. But it's only 20 stories high, the final five stories were added in post, and boy, did that affect no bloody age well. Also at the top of this is based off the Control life building in St. Louis. Next is an introduction to Lewis Tully, played by Rick Moranis. He's a fitness geek accountant who is trying to hit on Dana, even though he has a girlfriend. Okay then. This was supposed to be played by John Candy, but he pulled out. And also up for all was Michael Keaton, but he pulled out to do Johnny Dangerously. So, okay then. The Ghostbusters TV ads, which were used to promote the actual movie. Except having a 555 number, it was replaced by 1-800. It led to a recorded message from Murray Aykroyd saying, quote, They're out, Ghostbusters, now leave a message. It got 5,000 calls an hour for five whole weeks. My God. Onto the egg frying scene, done for real, on a hot plate made up to look like a countertop. And had groups underneath the counter blowing the eggs out of their shells. And for years, I always wonder how the fuck they are done that scene. So now we know. On to the famous Ecto 1, which is a one off 1959 Cadillac ambulance conversion. Akko actually have kept us until it broke down in Ghostbusters 2. It was originally supposed to be kept black, but was changed to white because you could see it in the black night scenes. What the fuck? On to our introduction to Janine Metz. Milt Steven, played by Annie Potts, she's a low New Yorker, who is hired to be the Ghostbusters' uh, assistant secretary? What the hell is she actually hired to do? As I found out in the behind the scenes, actually, and on the director's commentary, 60% of this film was ad-libbed. On to the uh, ghost hunting equipment, Peter uses in Diana's apartment, or Dana's rather, apartment, is actually a gas-detecting unit thing called the Sniffer. Onto the notorious proton packs that weighed between fifteen and thirty-five pounds, depending on what it was news for, and Murray, being a complete diva, hissy-fitted every time he wore this fucking thing because he was a complete selfish fucking twat. Onto the most famous ghost of them all, Slimer, or as it's called on set, Onion Head. He is supposed to be the, the ghost of John Belushi, as rumour had it so the the three guys are attacking their one and only for their first time ghost as this has the notorious line don't cross the streams and every man i believe you know knows this one the montage of the paper cuttings and newspaper magazines all scored by ghostbusters pl- played again uh, what the fuck are we? ghostbusters uh note that are kept every one of these these are all officially done by the publications such as new york times LA. what the hell it about the board On to the notorious, blowjob scene that Ackroyd claimed actually happened to him in his haunted farmhouse. Yeah, moving on, to an introduction to the fourth, Ghostbuster, Winston Zedmore, played by Ernie Hudson. He's a typical New York guy who doesn't believe in anything but would do anything for a buck. And note, this was supposed to be played by Eddie Murphy, but he pulled out to play Beverly Hills Cop, so who won that one? On to Venkman, explaining who Zoo is to Dana as her boyfriend wait patiently outside the orchestra Again, most of stuff was ad-libbed zoo is a minion of Goza who was a Sumerian demigod it seems and something to do with a doctor who wanted to end the world blah 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 The ghost hunting storage unit actually designed and helped build on set Onto the introduction to E.P.A. Officer Walter Peck, played by William Arterton. He's right while doing his job, after all these unlicensed nuclear powered proton packs. And the ghost hunting housing type fucking unit thing is actually running off the city grid. So he has right to be pissy with fucking Venkman. As this poor guy got shit for years after from fans, either wanted to pick a fight with him, or shoot at him dickless in the bloody well street. How charming is that? Onto to the notorious uh, scene of Dana getting dragged into the kitchen by ghostly hands before being possessed by the demon dog, Anna's three grips under the seat under a trapdoor and one get up bit two hands and grabs the uh, scorniever by the bloody boob, the perv. Next up is Lewis who is chased by the other demon dog. I've got to say the puppet looked great but the claymation stop motion stuff is fucking shit. Even on the Blu-ray. It makes it look even cheaper. And I've got to love this party scene is all one shot. It's all done in one take. Mostly made up on the spot by Rick Moranis himself. I've got to love this whole thing with the whole... Um, giving the non-branded painkillers and the whole pink salmon stuff. Then dancing with the large blonde. Actually she is in the, t- uh, uh, the credits, it's called Large Blonde. And then getting chased down by the the demon dog. It's pretty cool. Onto the glass-fronted Restaurant at the tavern in the green which closed its doors in 2015 and I love the fact that these snobs do absolutely fucking everything Typical 80s New York snobs who cares moving on, but one thing I did notice when I was watching this bike Where the fuck did this gigantic demon dog thing go? I mean you, you see Mariah's getting chased by this thing all through Central Park and yet when it gets to the green bit it just disappears oh dear, oh dear, On to Venkman picking up Dana for a date. Weaver is the gatekeeper looking for the key master at note her voice is a director also the floating was done on strings an old magic trick it seems she had a full body cast made and was suspended from the ceiling with the wires and she just sits there as it well lies there as it rotates round pretty cool stuff actually now see i can't be the only one that finds this fucking weird that fenguin carries Thorazine with him on a date, Ah, what the fuck, he gives her 300 cc's, she'd be fucking dead. Look like she was possessed by a demon dog, for crying out loud. Lois is now possessed by the Keymaster looking for the Gatekeeper to unlo- unleash Goza the Destructor. Onto the scene with Ray and Winston in Ecto-1. Again, this was all ad-libbed, about the dead rising from the graves, the sun blocking out... Etc. 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 And the whole earthquake stuff was all made up on the spot. Onto EPA, Peck turning off the ghost housing equipment, which was the start of the lights shooting up into the sky. Stuff used to fucking dead to death even today's fucking movies. I love this light show, all scored by magic by Mike Smiley, and I love all the ghosts, especially the ghost cabbie, which was used again in oh, what the fuck's that movie? Uh, Scrooged, I believe it was called? Yeah, Scrooged, slightly different, but who cares. The ghosts all head to Dana's flat, and that is actually Weaver standing there as that building explodes. She was, I think she was only 30 feet from this explosion, and that was done for real, she's actually standing there. Fuck that. So now, with the Ghostbusters in jail, this is a real jail. And these are real prisoners, only two of them are actual extras, the guy in a leather jacket and the um, guy behind Ray, as he's explaining about Spook Central stuff. The rest of it are real prisoners. as that's the speech Egon gives, it was made up on his set by Aykroyd and Ramis. Like I said, 6% of the script was ad-libbed. And I've got to say, I love Dana's new flat set with a hidden staircase to the roof, which is a burned out fucking hell oh now since the bus has exploded. On to the mayor, who is played by David Amarigolds. And this was actually shot in a New York mayor's office. Of oh, the dogs and cats beach. Yep, you have guessed it. it. was made up on the spot as Ray calls Peck Dickless. And indeed that whole bit where Peck flies for Ray is actually a real reaction. Because um, Atherton didn't know he was going to call Dickless. So the scene with Icto-1 driving to Dana's flat shut down 60% of Manhattan. The earthquake is a set in Los Angeles and not Central Park East. And I love the sight gag of the never ending staircase to the roof. Which was actually a painting or a photograph. Only the bottom part of this scene is actually real. The rest of it was a a photograph and yes you've guessed it. Bill Murray bitched and moaned. He had to go up one flight of stairs. Fucking... The roof set is three stories off the ground and took up an entire sound stage and I've got to say I love this set, with the huge doors and the weird crowned, uh, I don't know how that's supposed to be, satuality, leaning over the, the doorway, it's pretty cool. On to the introduction of Gozer, played by Slavania Jovan, and this was supposed to be played by David Bowie, but he passed to do Labyrinth and apparently she's a complete utter diva on set. And to the Stay path Marshmallow Man aka The Traveller which is a $20,000 dollar suit. And finally the notorious Crossing the Streams bit was made up on the set. The roasted marshmallow is actually shaving foam and poor William Atherton had £2,000 of this shit fallen on from six feet above his head and they all knocked him out stone bloody cold. I love the fact that the other three Ghostbusters are covered in foam from head to toe, yet Murray, being such a fucking diva, has a teeny tiny little bit on his shoulder. What a fucking douchebag. Dina and Lewis are alive. And note, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis are actually sealed up inside these dog body things. And this was done in one take because they only had something like 20 minutes of oxygen and bloody thing. And one final joke, I love, love, love the fact, Lois asked the guys, who does your taxis? <laughs> the theme plays as Peter and Dana kiss, crowds cheer as credits roll. So, that was Ghostbusters, a great 80s comedy classic, that still works to this day. Okay, some of the effects are a bit wonky, but that adds to the charm. Everything works from the acting, to the score, to the effects, everything I'm going to give this thing a very rare 10 out of 10. Ghostbusters 2 will be covered in December, so don't worry about that one. As for Ghostbusters 2016, never to be fucking covered in this podcast. Anyway, thank you for listening. If you're a newbie or has been here since year one, don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me your suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. my next podcast is my halloween special where i look at halloween 2018. november is night of movies and december is Enter the world movies now check out my other franchise podcasts of house hellraiser piranha resident evil and more also my solo podcast of army of darkness and the stuff scream and many many more finally check out my second podcast the schlocky horror podcast show on Anchor, as myself and my co-host look at the best of the bad from B to Z. Hey, Bye! And remember, I watch these movies so you don't have to. Now let's get of here, this place smells like burnt barbecue. Or barbecue dog even.